0: Hey everybody, this is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Because of the ongoing COVID crisis, when we can, we are moving our services outside as, uh, as long as weather is permitting. And so um, rather than trying to record that service, that sermon, it'll be on Facebook Live, but the actual sermon, um, just because of the audio quality and all of that, I thought I'd just come into our sanctuary and do a simple recording of the teaching uh, that that we gave on Sunday morning. So that that's what you're listening to here. It's it's going to be the same the same teaching um, as the outdoor service, and the teaching is called Undivided. It's part of our ongoing series in First John, and we'll be in First John chapter two, verses fifteen through seventeen. I'm going to start by reading that and then we'll we'll go into the word together today. First John two verse fifteen says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you for your word. We invite your spirit to teach us today. Wherever we're at, listening to this, thinking about it, engaging this scripture, we ask that your spirit would apply it to our lives and that we, each one of us, God, would be a people fully Devoted and undivided in our allegiance, our loyalty, and most of all, our love for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There was once a young king. His father had chosen him from among his brothers to be his heir. He wasn't the oldest of his brothers. In fact, he had several older brothers But his father chose him to be the next king. And when his father died, he was established on the throne. It was difficult because, in fact, one of his older brothers tried to take the throne from him. But after that was taken care of and he was fully established in his kingdom as this new young king, he went and worshipped God. And he took with him um, a sacrifice to the Lord and he, he gave it to God and in worship and in prayer and in praise of the Lord's faithfulness. And that night he fell asleep and he had a dream. And in his dream, the Lord appeared to him. God appeared to this young king. It's just a young man. And God said to him, you can ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Wow, can you imagine the Lord appearing to you in a dream and saying to you, you can ask me for anything. What would you ask for? Honestly, what would you ask for? Well, this young king responded, I'm just a young man barely knowing my right hand from my left hand. And yet, it's now my responsibility and duty to take care of all of these people under me. And I don't have the strength or knowledge or ability to do that on my own. See, the, the young king knew how difficult it was because he had watched his father he had seen the unbelievable trials that his father had to endure. He'd heard the stories about what it was like to be a king, how difficult it was, how careful you had to be with the responsibility. And so this young king said to the Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And that is what I ask for. And God responded because you did not ask for the death of your enemies or for power or for wealth but rather for wisdom i will surely give it to you and not only will i give you that wisdom but i'll also give you the things that you didn't ask for you will have rest from your enemies you will have great wealth and incredible dominion and power As you know, this is the the beginning to the story of Solomon. And all of that came to pass. Solomon Solomon was given incredible wisdom by God. And he ruled with wisdom. And his wisdom was made famous in all the surrounding nations. And many people came to hear his wisdom and he wrote down his wisdom and he collected proverbs and sayings and psalms and he wrote and he was an architect and he established the power of the kingdom of Israel in a way that was never seen before and would never be seen again. So powerful was wisdom at the height of his power, well, really throughout his whole life, that he was never challenged In battle, no one came against him. No one dared fight against him. And Solomon built the temple. And the manifest presence of God in the form of fire fell upon the temple and filled it. And Solomon, as a young man, loved God. I think when you read that story and you think about his life and you think about who he was as a young man, he loved God. But that was not the whole story. You and I know that there was another chapter, a darker chapter. Solomon's life ended and when he died, he still had power, and he still had wealth, and he still had influence. But no longer did he have an undivided heart. Because Solomon loved many, many women. Women from foreign nations, women who served other gods besides Yahweh. And his love for those women led him into an idolatrous love For their gods. And Solomon, who had started off so well, fully devoted to the Lord, when he died, had a heart that had grown cold towards God, and an allegiance and a love that was divided and scattered. And this manifested itself in the very next generation, because when Solomon's son came to the throne. The kingdom revolted and ten tribes divided and no longer was Israel a a unified people, but rather a divided kingdom with Judah in the south and Israel in the north. Never again to be unified until after the exile many hundreds of years later. This tragic story is told over and over again, not only in the scriptures, but in the lives around us and in our own very hearts. Jesus warned against this very thing. He said, you cannot love both God and mammon, God and money, for you'll love the one and despise or hate the other. You'll serve the one And desire to be rid of the other. He wasn't saying that money is inherently evil. You're not guilty of sin by touching a dollar bill, by paying your mortgage, or by getting a paycheck in your bank account. Rather what he's saying is you can't love, you cannot be devoted to both money and devoted to God. We know that in our flesh, one of those is going to win out. And most often, without the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit, money is going to win out in that battle of loves when we give ourselves to the love of money or the love of anything. You can put a lot of things in the place of man. You cannot love God and blank, for you will love the one and despise the other. There's another place where he talks about it. Do you remember when Jesus was casting out demons and the Pharisees accused him of casting out demons by the power of Satan, Beelzebub? And Jesus responds and, say, and, and, and says, Satan doesn't cast out Satan, for a kingdom divided cannot stand. A kingdom divided cannot stand. A man divided cannot stand. James warns against the double-minded man, the man who is given to two loves. And Solomon represents this in such a poignant and tragic way. You cannot love God and love the things of this world. Our scripture this morning in the first John Chapter Two. John says in verse fifteen, "Do not love the world or the things in the world now if you if you 've read John before, like the writings of John, he wrote the Gospel of john and and he is um, traditionally Uh, thought of to be the writer of these three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, as well as the book of Revelation. And if you've read John before, you'll know that this is kind of a confusing statement because John's most famous statement, at least in the American church, is John 3.16, where it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God loves the world so much that he gave that which is most precious to him, on behalf of the world, Jesus Christ. So why is John saying here the same author in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things of the world? John uses this word that's translated into English as world. It's the Greek word cosmos, which is of course where we get cosmos. He uses this word in a number of different ways. And there's three distinct ways that he uses it throughout his writings. Firstly, he uses the word to mean cosmos. In the sense that God created the world and God loves the world. He loves everything that he created and it's good his creation is good. He echoes in John 1, Genesis 1 and 2, where God creates throughout the seven days, and every day God looks at the work of his hands and says, it's good, and then at the end he says, it's very good. So John uses the word that's translated as world to mean that, just the cosmos, everything that God has created in his good creation, and that's a good, that's a good word. The second way he uses it is a little bit more neutral, and he uses it just to mean the people who live in the cosmos, or the people who live in the inhabited world on Earth. And that isn't necessarily a, a negative or a positive term, it's just a description of the people of the world, and he uses it in that way um, a number of times. And then this is the third way that he uses it. Here, when he's saying, do not love the world, He's not saying hate God's creation. He's not saying hate the cosmos. He's not even saying hate the people that God has created. Certainly not. This is the apostle of love who teaches us to love as God has loved us, as Christ has loved us. What he's saying is do not love the kingdom of this world that is antithetical and set up over and against the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching and proclaiming a new kingdom, a lasting kingdom, his kingdom. There's another kingdom at work, a demonic kingdom, a satanic kingdom, a kingdom fallen and against and antithetical to the kingdom of God. And I think it helps explain what John is saying when we read it in light of this. So he's saying in verse 15, do not love the kingdom of this world, the kingdom that's against God's kingdom or the things of that fallen kingdom. If anyone loves that kingdom, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in The kingdom here, that kingdom, the fallen kingdom that's set up against the kingdom of God, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but it's from that kingdom. There's a kingdom that's pushing back against the kingdom of God, a kingdom that's in rebellion to the kingdom and lordship and kingship of God. This is also not a list of do's and don'ts. Have you heard the phrase before don't drink or don't drink, smoke, dance or associate with those who do? Yeah, that that's not what John's saying. John was one of the inner circle of disciples and Jesus Jesus sat with sinners and those who drink and those who partied and those who were considered very worldly. Jesus came to seek and save them, and he went to them, and he called them, and John was part of that. So this isn't a list of do's and don'ts. Rather, it's an invitation to be about the true kingdom of God, undivided in our allegiance and loyalty. When I was younger, before I um, became a pastor, I worked at a precast concrete plant in Lebanon County, rural southern Lebanon County, and um, in this plant, it was a good-sized plant with uh, quite a few um, men who worked there. And uh, there were a number of believers that worked in here. And a, num- a number of Mennonites and other uh, conservative denominations were represented there. There were also, it was a blue-collar job, working concrete, construction work. There were also um, a number of uh, very un-Christian People who worked in this, uh, on the floor it was only men, so I'll say men. Um, at the time I worked there, only, only men were on, on the floor. So uh, a number of un, very unchristian men. In fact, in my crew, every single guy was an ex-con. So every single guy on my crew had, had spent time in prison and acted like it and spoke like it. And there were kind of three different groups of, of Christians in, in the way that, that they interacted with the culture. There was uh, one group, and it was, it's represented by this gentleman, um, <laughs> that I, I thought this was so fascinating. He would come into work every day, and before he even got to the floor, he would put on a pair of noise-canceling headphones, And partly it was to protect his ears from the loud noises, but it was also so that he didn't have to listen to the worldly music on the radio that was being played. He didn't have to listen to the cussing and the discussions of his coworkers, which were decidedly um, not Christian. And unless you had to talk to him specifically about the job, He had his headphones on all the time and he would just go to his workstation. He had his headphones on and even in the lunchroom during lunch break, he would wear these headphones and uh, he was trying his best to remain separate from the culture, the pervasive culture of the plant. And I could understand that and I could um, appreciate why he would do that. But there was another uh, group of Christians who um, I wouldn't have known they were Christians unless they told me <laughs> um, because they were in on all the conversations and were part a part of some of the fights that took place and um, I, w- I would not have known that they were Christian unless they t- told me, you know, I was baptized or I go to church or, you know, whatever. Then there was a group of Christians and, and I'll, I'll speak about one that stands out, the the plant foreman His name was Leonard. He's a Mennonite, um, loves Jesus, and uh, Leonard, I think, offered an alternative way of being in the midst of that difficult situation. Leonard had worked there at the plant his whole life. I think he started working there right out of high school and worked his way up from the bottom to where he was when I worked there. He was in charge of the whole plant, And Leonard was a man of integrity. He was uh, serious about his faith and his walk with Jesus. Um, But he also knew every single man in the plant and wasn't ashamed or afraid to be associated with any of them. He would speak to us. He would talk to us. He would relate to us. And there was no one in that plant that he felt, at least that he modeled, that he was better than. Although he certainly could have at times. Uh, I remember in my crew, there was one young man who had just gotten out of prison that they hired, and uh, he was working on my crew, and he was really struggling, and my direct boss was uh, chewing him out for the 10th time (laughs) that day, and he threw his hammer down, um, took his tool belt off, threw it on the ground. I just remember watching it happen, and he just walked out the door and said, I quit. My, my foreman went and told Leonard, the, the uh, plant foreman, what happened. And Leonard, who was crazy busy running this whole plant, he immediately stopped what he was doing. He got in his truck, and he drove down the road to chase this 19-year-old kid right out of prison. And he put him back in his truck, and he drove him back to the plant. He took him back into his office. And he spoke with him for about 20 minutes. He let him calm down and then walked him back out onto the floor and gave him his job back. Because he knew, he knew what would happen if he couldn't hold down this job. What he would relapse into. So Leonard offered this alternative way of being in the world but not of the world undivided in his devotion to Jesus, but not afraid to relate to people, not afraid to be friends with sinners, not afraid to love his neighbors, no matter who they were. I think this is what John is calling us to in this passage. Yes, a heart that seeks sanctification and holiness and righteousness, undivided pursuit of God not loving the things of this world, not loving the things of the kingdom of the earth, fully devoted to God, but also a person who loves as God has loved us. Do not love the things of this world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh the desires of the eyes and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. All that stuff that the kingdoms of the earth have to offer that are calling out for our attention, calling out for our love. Stay undivided. And the world is passing away, John says. The kingdom, that kingdom that's set up against the kingdom of God is passing away along with its desires. So the things in that kingdom, the things in the world, the the pride of life, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the cravings, the, the fallen cravings within us, the carnal cravings within us. John says it's passing away along with that kingdom. But he says, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. What's the will of God? Well, he's already told us, if you're reading along in First John, he's already told us in chapter 1 and in the beginning of chapter 2 what the will of God is. The will of God is that we would obey his commandments. And what are his commandments? That we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the first and greatest commandment. Love God undivided, fully who you are devoted to him. But then, the second commandment is like it. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He not only teaches us to love God undivided, he also teaches us to go. To go and bear the light. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And that light cannot be hidden. So people of God, as you're listening to this today, my prayer is that you would be encouraged to give the fullness of your love wholeheartedly undivided to God. But also that you would sense his spirit inviting you to be in the world in such a way that you represent him just as Jesus represented the Father, just as he came, not to, not to serve those who thought they weren't sick, but to, to care for those who knew they were sick. In the same way that you and I, having an undivided heart to God and his kingdom, would represent that kingdom with great love and grace and mercy to those around us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.